Do you hear that sound? That is the sound of the waves crashing against a bay. But it's not just any bay. It's a Baywatch, because this is a Baywatch podcast. In fact, this is Baywatch Rookie School, a podcast where two men who have never watched Baywatch before try and watch Baywatch. I'm Mike Lyson. And I'm Morgan Thrapp. And uh, Morgan, today's episode is an episode that I think is wrongly titled because uh, it has like nothing to do with what happens in the episode. But yeah, I think I would agree with that. Yeah. And that episode title is Baywatch season three, episode 11, Dead of Summer. And I guess it technically is in the middle of summer, so it's the dead of summer, but... Well, it is going to hit a century by 11. Such a weird way to say that, uh, right? but I kind of like it. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, there was someone in college who used to say, um, like, it's going to be 12 and a half. And I'm like, what? <laughs> who, who says oh God. it's going to be 12 and a half p.m.? Who's going to say that? Ugh. Or someone would say else would say it's going to be noon 30. And yeah, I'm like, noon 30 I've at least heard before. Yeah, 12 and a half. Huh. <laughs> yeah, that's very off. Uh, just like this episode, which is <laughs> written by an old friend of ours, Terry Irwin. Now, mm. the last Terry Irwin written episode we saw was in season one, and that was Shark Derby. Oh. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't remember, Shark Derby is the, in quotes, most or best episode of Baywatch, which we disagree with. Uh, it's the one where Jill dies. Oh, spoilers. Sorry. It's <laughs> our podcast. Uh, it for two seasons ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Directed by Cliff Bull and aired November 23rd, 1992. Let's talk about some guest stars. Mm hmm. So, first off, they're going to take a drink of water. <laughs> then I'm going to take another drink of water. All right. Then I'm going to tell you about Randolph Mantooth. Ah, uh, <laughs> such a good name. That's his real name. Randolph Mantooth of the Mantooth family. <laughs> and he has two siblings who got into acting who also chose the last name Mantooth. Uh, just lovely. Mm -hmm. And Randolph Mantooth plays Sam Dietz in this episode, who is the head of security for the governor. He uh, is famous for playing John Gage, no relation to Nick Gage, star <laughs> of all seven seasons of the 1972 to 1979 show Emergency mm -hmm. about the L.A. County Fire Department Station 51, but also mostly their paramedic team. He was also in the animated version of the show called Emergency Plus Four, where now some of the cast of Emergency is assisted by some kids and their pets. Cool, yeah. I guess. You may also know him from the 2009 movie Scream of the Bikini. <laughs> what? <laughs> Scream of the Bikini S is a 1960... Yeah, sorry, yes? S Scream yes? of the Bikini. Yes. All right. Scream of the Bikini. Sure. Scream of the Bikini is a 1960s action spy thriller style by acclaimed South American director Fernando Fernandez. Great name. Mm -hmm. uh, Jasmine Orozco and Paulo Apanapal uh, in their English language film debut. 
are Bridge, Bridget and Sophia, gorgeous supermodels by day, brutal bounty hunters by night. Murder, intrigue, and pillow fights await our beautiful leading ladies at every turn as they match wits and martial arts with a coterie of men and women bent on world domination. Filmed somewhere in South America in 1956. <laughs> And poorly translated and dubbed by Germans. This unintentionally wow. James Bond meets Barbarella, love child, plums the seedy depths of the international fashion model psycho killer underworld with a boldness that only a gun to the head can provide. Uh, I mean, it sounds great. I saw some reviews that said it's actually pretty funny. Yeah. It's a farce. I mean, it's a parody. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. It's not like someone's being like, man, I'm going to go full ham. Full seriousness, but scream <laughs> with the bikini. Um, next up, we have Amari Moreau, who plays Wendy Malloy. This was her TV debut performance. And oh. I feel like it sort of shows. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I thought she was fine. She was fine. I mean, she wasn't, like, blowing my socks off. But I, she didn't have enough lines to blow my socks off, so whatever. Exactly. Um, of course... She would go on uh, to do things like Diva Diaries, which takes you inside the fast-paced world of five beautiful ladies on a mission to take the world by storm and looking mm. good doing it. Uh, note, her credit, though, is under Dilf Diaries, which is the male version of Diva Diaries, because Dilf huh. is clearly the male version of Diva. Yeah, I'm not sure if I agree with that. There's also one <laughs> one guy, like, they're credited by names, and there's one guy who's just credited as Dilf. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I guess someone's got to be the main character. <laughs> Somebody's got to be the Dilf in this world, and it ain't going to mm-hmm. be me. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff she's been in, though, and I don't necessarily want to make fun of most of it, because a lot of it is... I am not the intended audience for a lot of films that she has been in. Uh, sure. Uh, so I will not trash anything else of her work other than Children of the Corn 3 Urban Harvest, which <laughs> apparently has a line that I love, which is, we've got a brand new Japanese invention here. We call it pizza. What? I love that. I don't know. I think it's meant to, <laughs> meant to be a farce, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Huh. Yeah. Next up, we have John Rixie Moore, who plays Governor Neil Dixon. He'll be back in two years, but then he'll be Governor George Dixon. Wow, that's such a weird pseudo-recasting. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Neil's ain't cutting it anymore. The 90s are about <laughs> George's now. I guess. Right, Jerry? Uh, (laughs) He was in the movie Executive Decision, which is about terrorists taking control of an airplane, and an intelligence analyst teams up with a commando unit to board the plane. Uh, Now, for 1996, this had a pretty star-studded cast. Uh, Kurt Russell, Steven Seagal, Halle Berry, John Leguizamo, and Oliver Platt. Wow. Yeah, that's a pretty good cast. Yeah, no kidding. Yep. He was also in Philadelphia Experiment 2 from 1993. This is a sequel to the 1983 film Philadelphia Experiment. Try to keep up with the plot here. <laughs> David- Philadelphia Experiment is the weird ghost ship, right? Yes. I think? Sort of, yes. 
sort of. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So David Herdegg's participation in a failed 1943 experiment in radar invisibility has propelled yes. him 40 years into the future. An aberration of his genetic makeup enabled him to pass through the portal of time. It has also made him sensitive to any altercation to the time continuum. Another disastrous experiment in 1993 sends a, a stealth aircraft through the time portal into 1943 Germany. Simultaneously, Herdig is pulled also into the portal and finds himself in the terrifying 1993 that resulted from a Nazi victory in World War II. Oh. Okay. That's the plot. Uh... <laughs> Next up, there's a bunch of stunt actors, and they've been in a lot of things, and I know that feels mean to just not cover them, but they're really talented. Appreciate them, but I just don't have the time to, yeah. to, to name all of them, uh, especially because of our last actor here, which is uh, Dan Stroud, who plays Bradford Long and Jake the Fat Man. <laughs> oh, no. And Lewis Sane in this episode of Baywatch. But mostly Jake okay. the Fat Man. Um, Don Strad was originally a surfer. Uh, he was the child of uh, a vaudeville actor dad and a mom who was a singer who toured with Frank Sinatra. And he was like, oh. I just want to surf. And so he was discovered... And he wants some championships, yada, yada. And then he moved to L.A. And mm -hmm. he ended up working his way up from, you know, uh, like parking cars to bouncer to manager of one of the most famous nightclubs on the Sunset Strip in Hollywood called Whiskey A Go-Go. Oh, yeah, sure. I know Whiskey A Go-Go. Yeah. So they, for people who don't know, they're important for introducing the world to the Stooges and Alice Cooper. The, Alice Cooper has a live album there. Uh, but other people played there like Zeppelin, System of the Down, Kiss, Guns N' Roses, Metallica. Like, you name it, they've they've performed there. Uh, oh, yeah. It's, he, yeah. Um, now, uh, sorry, I lost my place there. Uh, no worries, but while we're talking about music, I do want to briefly mention a fact that I just discovered last night, which is that the drummer for The Strokes went to my college. Really? Because uh, I was, yeah, I was looking at the list of alumni, and we have uh, a Jersey Shore reality actor, and uh, John Turturro, and okay. the drummer for The Strokes. Uh, and then just like a bunch of random other people. But the most interesting one to me was the daughter of Malcolm X. I don't feel like that's as interesting to me as the drummer for the strokes. Just because <laughs> of how random it, yeah. it is. But that's also cool. Uh, I was having a conversation with a few people recently about someone asking like, OK, so after like 2012, who likes the strokes anymore? Are the strokes a Zoomer band? Now, like, <laughs> who likes them? And I was like, well, they had, like, an okay album in 2020. Yeah, but, like, who out here is saying, here are the bands I like? Oh, yeah, The Strokes. Like, who, yeah. is, who is doing that? Um, mm -hmm. um, and are any of them New York City cops? New York City. <laughs> Great joke. Um, but back to Dan Stroud. Uh, while he was managing... Uh, whiskey a go go. Uh, a patron who was attending the bar at the nightclub convinced him he should get into acting because you know he's got 
acting dad and this famous mom. Uh, can you guess this famous patron's name? I'll give you a hint. They are a famous actor. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with... Um, wow, I almost just said Mitch Hedberg, but that's not who I mean at all. Nope. Uh, David Hasselhoff is who I mean. Nope, no one related to Baywatch, but a famous uh, actor. Okay. I have no idea then. Sidney Poitier. Oh, it's just like, whoa, what? Like, Sidney Poitier is a pretty fucking good actor. Uh, yeah. And he's like, I see something in you, Don. I don't know. That's not how <laughs> Sidney Poitier talks. But uh, he would end up having a, a moderately successful career. He would star hmm. in a show called The New Mike Hammer. Uh, and then he would appear in movies like License to Kill or Django Unchained. So he's been in movies. Uh, lastly... He was in a movie we need to see just because of the name, the description, mm-hmm. and the movie poster. First, I'll <laughs> tell you the name and the description, then I'll provide you the movie poster. The name of this movie is Return of the Rollerblade 7. Yes. Have you heard of this before? No, never, but I love the name. The description is The Further Adventures of the Lone Samurai, Hawk, as he continues yes. his battle to defeat the evil Pharaoh, Saint Defender, and the Black mm-hmm. Knight. Guided by his psychic, Hawk ultimate defeats, that's what it said, ultimate defeats his adversaries and brings order to the universe. Now, Morgan, uh, prepare prepare your butthole for this picture. (laughs) Butthole prepared. Oh, that's very good. Oh, that is some Neil Breen shit, and I'm here for it. That's the alternate poster. That's my favorite part. There's a normal poster, which is just normal. And then that sure. exists. And I'm like, why oh. Why did you need this? We'll, we'll put this oh. in the show notes for all of you. Uh, it's just insanely good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, it's excellent. It's top tier, top tier stuff. Uh, speaking of top tier stuff, that's the episode. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Morgan, why don't you take us into this episode? Yes. Uh, so we start this episode off with uh, CJ chasing down a runaway scarab that's headed for the pier in her own scarab. And at least in my version, we got a weird electronica song that I I couldn't make out most of the lyrics, but I'm like 65% sure it was a cover of Machine Head by Bush. Oh, that's um, why you met, you texted me about Machine Head by Bush. Yes. The, I started watching Squid Game and that and Machine Head got, like, meshed together into my head. Um, but it turns out that this uh, CJ runaway scarab thing was only just a dream. So here's the fun fact about my... Well, okay, actually, for the question about your version. Do you mm-hmm. hear... Does she, like, say stuff in, in your version? I don't remember. I don't think so. Because in my version, there's music playing. And the right. subtitles show us her saying things but the music is playing over any audio so she's not she's just like it looks like she's like lip syncing but there's subtitles that when you read her lips you're like oh yeah that's that makes sense that's what she's saying but there's like (laughs) eight lines of dialogue or something it's really weird that's so weird yeah i don't know i i don't think that was in my version i think why this happened was they were like vasily is power hungry (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, he needs his music played. 
Um, but after CJ wakes up, we get to see Garner and Mitch arguing about the fact that the the governor here only pays lip service to environmentalism and doesn't actually do anything about it. And then Garner's like, well, you're going to have to suck it up because we're providing security. Mitch is like, no, you're providing security. And Garner's like, nah, uh, we're all doing this. Um, but then CJ shows up and she's exhausted. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. But, Are you mm-hmm. just going to ignore the funny Garner and Mitch interaction? Uh, I don't remember what it is and it's not in my notes. So it's Garner. Uh, they're like, Garner's just staring at him and Mitch goes, do you have something else? And he goes, there's. There's something in your teeth. And, oh, yes. And, and Mitch is like, is it right here? And then he keeps on going. It was very weird. I like to make that I didn't noise understand it. right into the mic. Just so everybody <laughs> can enjoy that. It was really funny to me. I love watching them just be friends together. They're yeah, they're really goofy together. They, they do have really good friend chemistry. They do. It's great. I love that. Um, yeah. And it was just like out of nowhere, and I, 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 I dig those parts where it's just like there's no reason to. Sh- Normally, most people say you should only write things in the script that like lead to something or make sense, but like bullshit. Mm-hmm. I want more of the things <laughs> that are just on the side that don't matter that just build yeah. character a little bit. Totally, it it makes the world of the characters feel a little bit more lived in. Yeah, because everyone knows Malibu is fake. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't actually exist. Nope. It's not a real place. Nope. It's like Atlantis. I was or just going to say. Triangle. I was going to say it's like Atlantis, but Malibu is actually underwater now. Because of global warming. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it's only a matter of time at this point. Um, <laughs> give or take a few billion years. Yeah, it's only a matter yeah. of time. Um, but then CJ shows up and she's exhausted, but she doesn't drink coffee. Because um, <laughs> she, she's Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> um, Garner's like, you have to go on a boat. And she's like, what if I don't? And then uh, Mitch is like, too bad, and leaves. And then she tells Garner her dream. Garner's like, yeah, just go work out. And you'll be fine. Uh, he tells the story about his grandma said that nightmares are right. good. Because you rid all of your fears. You get rid of all your fears while you're sleeping. Which is not how a nightmare works. So you don't get rid of your fears. They follow you around for the rest of your life. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, I've never woken up from a nightmare feeling less stressed and anxious. Yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) exactly. I'm like, damn, like, props to his grandma. She's figured out something no one else in humanity (laughs) has ever figured out. But, like, not good advice. Yeah. Her name was Granny Nightmares Ellerby. <laughs> um, but then, Rand, this is really <laughs> stupid world building. I love that. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, Listen, what was your grandmother's uh, name? Uh, Nightmare. Oh, was that her maiden name? No, that was her first name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. But then uh, we get a montage of shots of CJ exercising and also doing some lifeguarding. All with really bad Americana rock. And boy, oh boy, does the camera love to just slowly pan up her legs. Um, and also part of this montage is in black and white. I, I don't know why. I don't remember. It was not nearly as artistic. But. Oh, interesting. There were a couple of the shots of her working out before she moves to lifeguarding were in black and white. And it felt like they were like, what if we were super artsy? But also it's not. <laughs> I, I was looking at Twitter 
while yeah. watching this montage. But very I do have quite a few things to tell you about this montage and this okay. episode in general. Sure. So this episode, all the songs in this episode in the original version are by the same band. And that is a Is it Tag? Yes, it's a band called Tag. Mm-hmm. I don't like Tag. I hate Tag. I I didn't hate Don't Stop the Beat. I did. Uh, I didn't know them before this episode. I didn't either. Uh, and nobody did. Uh, they're supremely 90s. They have that kind of like yes. 90s hip hop dance beat to everything. Um, yep. And I think in this montage, they played a song called Don't Play With My Heart. Ah. And I listened to it. I hate it. I just hate it. Though, the thing is, uh, for most of this episode, they were able to retain the rights to uh, play the tag songs. I think that's partially because uh, Morgan and I found earlier a compilation album of Mm -hmm. Baywatch, of like a soundtrack to Baywatch, which we'll probably buy, uh, which has the Beach Boys on it. Uh, It also has bunch of david hasselhoff songs it has garner mm-hmm. singing it has stephanie singing as a tag song on it but it's by this record label that also produced tag so that's oh. probably why they were able to do it uh yeah but, the other mm-hmm. big name artist that this record produced as i was scrolling through their like uh discography was weird al released his first like nine albums with this record label and that makes me very upset that we don't get a weird al soundtrack to baywatch maybe there will be a weird al song oh i hope so maybe god i hope we so. need to talk to somebody we've had like talk to nathan rabin who wrote the book about Weird Al to get him to talk oh. to her. Yeah, he wrote the he wrote like the the big Weird Al book that came out re, like a, Oh, okay. Uh, talk to him. He he's been doing a, a watch at Baywatch Nights and he fucking hates it, which tr- not a true <laughs> Baywatch fan. But tell him, "Yo, Baywatch idea. You talk to Weird Al. Al makes us a custom soundtrack just Oh, yes, please. Of polka music for Baywatch." Oh. That would be amazing. God. Yeah. Now, um, so there's more than one song in this episode, but only two original songs are credited in the credits, which means that the rest of them are by tag. The first mm-hmm. song in this episode was the opening montage, which was a Dream of the Crash by Ya Boy Vasily. Uh, <laughs> woo, 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 woo. Um, well, this song is called Got the Fire by Damien Starkey. This is a new guy. Um, he may be most notable for being the bassist for Puddle of Mud. Oh. Which is very out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, I was not expecting that big. A, like, that's not a huge name, but it's a bigger name than we've gotten so far on Baywatch for the most part. <laughs> Didn't we get, like, Toad the Wet Sprocket, one of the guys from there? or like? Oh, yeah. Um, but he's also the vocalist for a new metal band uh, called Burn Season. He okay. produced for Saliva, for Daughtry, and for Avril Lavigne. Uh, I asked. Okay. So I asked my friend Annie if she's ever heard of Burn Season. Uh, she's the biggest new metal fan I know of in 2021, uh, which is saying <laughs> something because she's like 25 and she should not be a fan of new metal. And her music mm-hmm. taste is trash. Quote <laughs> from her. 
Um, and she has never heard of them. So I sent her some Burn Season, and she said, yeah, this is actually kind of good. Uh, and wow. I listened to it, and I said, oh, no, it's not. Because uh, <laughs> it's new metal. Um, but you listen to it, and immediately you're like, oh, man, the butt on this rock. <laughs> this butt <laughs> rock. Holy shit. Because it's legit 2001 new metal. Wow. Yeah. Uh, like, so... Burn Season was founded. It was him and the vocalist for Saliva created this band when they were like 15. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they went on to make Saliva and he went on to join Puddle of Mud. But anyways, so uh, this song is by Damien Starkey. I have the lyrics here. Uh, Morgan, would you like to try to sing these? Sure. Oh, 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 oh wait, mm-hmm. sorry. Let me just say, the song is not done in new metal, but the lyrics for this are nine hundred percent new metal. So, oh yeah, keep that in mind while you're singing. No, I was thinking I was going to go more puddle of mud style and do it grunge. The, Aren't they grunge? Am I misremembering? I, I think who they are. No, I think puddle of, puddle of mud is new metal. I think. Wait, really? Puddle I don't of know. mud uh, is. Post grunge new metal, so we're both right. Okay, yeah, I honestly don't think I could tell you. I'm looking. I just googled them, and I not a single one of these song names ring any bells in my brain. I know of so, Puddle of Mud, but it doesn't same. mean I have ever listened to Puddle of Mud. Speaking of of. Random new metal news. Uh, <laughs> Fred Durst put out an Instagram post saying uh, that Limp Biscuit's new album is coming out tomorrow. Uh, it's a oh. surprise drop. Can you guess the name of this new album? Um, they did fucking the Chocolate Starfish album, right? Yes. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that it's um, I don't know. Vanilla Starfish and the um, semi-sonic uh, sausage garbon or gazpacho. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Okay, I, fuck. I'm not even gonna give you a hint. I'm just gonna tell you after that because that one was too good. Um, their new album is called Limp Biscuit. Still sucks. Oh, I mean, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Huh, okay. Yeah, it's not like really getting anybody to buy it by saying, man, this band still sucks. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, you know what? I do know one Puddle of Mud song because I'm scrolling through their Wikipedia here and it says their song Famous was used at the WWE pay-per-view One Night Stand from 2007. Uh, Ah. I was like, okay, yeah, then I have definitely have heard this song before. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh God! And then two thousand. It was in the oh the oh God. So then there's a part where it says, uh, "Away from me" was featured on the OC. So Sparkle and I probably no. Uh, um, Allie and I probably listened to that. And then their song "Nothing Left to Lose" with the official theme song of the WWE 2004 Royal Rumble. Okay. <laughs> uh, they had a song used for it was. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. 
Their 2010 song, Shook Up the World, was the official song for Team USA in the 2010 Winter Olympics. <laughs> oh. Uh, well, the 2010s were a mistake. Oh, and so, so that, were the, that's when Damien Starkey came, came in. Ah. Okay, so they replaced it in 2010, and then, okay, yeah, so he's in, like, the late era, and he wasn't even there for that long. He was there for not even an album. He was there... For like two years, and he left. Which I mean, good because you're playing in puddle of mud. So yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Morgan, please sing this song for us. All right, yeah, let's do it. Before we do, real quick, I do just want to mention that one of the sections on Puddle of Mud's Wikipedia page is lip syncing and other controversies. What's the and other? That would be a great, great band name or album. No, that'd be an more amazing. Likely. You know what that 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 would be an album for? That would be like a Smashing Pumpkins album name. Yeah. Uh, that. But what are the other controversies listed? Uh, it seems like they just straight up didn't show up to a festival one time, and never said why. Oh, that's that's really shit. Yeah, they were the headliners too. Yeah, didn't um, you have that experience? No, no, not quite. Uh, no, 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 no. What I had was that a tropical storm came in and canceled <laughs> the headliner. Who, which was? Uh, Kings of Leon. Oh, okay. Um, it, it canceled the second half of Sublime with Rome's set, the second half of Kid Cudi's set, and canceled Kings of Leon entirely because uh, it was a tropical storm and we were on a small island off of Delaware. Um, <laughs> Delaware do be like that. It sure do. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's do this song real quick. I will be the one that you need to help you carry through. I'm the one that can set you free when you're feeling blue. I've got the fire you need. I've got the fire you need. I will be the place you can go when you're feeling lost inside. Just remember you're never alone. I can make you feel all right. I've got the fire you need. I've got the fire. I've got the fire you need. I've got the fire. I've got the fire you need. I've got the fire. I've got the fire you need. Wow, Morgan. Great job. Great job. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> this this song is not it's not great. Uh it's again, it's not a new metal song, but mm-hmm. it has all the lyrics. Like it Oh yeah. It, you sang it exactly how I would expect the song to be sang. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, after uh, after this montage, uh, Mitch is giving out tower assignments and also a little pep talk. And it's going to be a century by 11 because it's a hot one. Um, and then uh, Mitch shows up and gets to meet Sam Dietz, the head of the governor's security. Whoa, whoa, um, whoa before that, though, mm-hmm. before we meet him, we go to the pier and a, play- mm-hmm. and a band is playing. Yes. And that band is tag. And sure Sean is. Lang is Don't Stop the Beat by Tag from her album Contagious. It's contagious, but Tag mm-hmm. is in the middle there and it's capitalized. Ah. Um, uh, you get it? Because Tag. Yeah. Anyways, all these people are fucking nerds. And as a nerd, I can say that they are fucking nerds. <laughs> Holy oh, shit. Yeah. And this music, I, I do not. 
It is not my thing. I do not like well, it. And we get this song again later as a full music video. Oh, yeah, we do. <laughs> tag is going to take over the world. Soon, oh, yeah. When kids play tag, they're going to be like, <laughs> whoa, don't stop that beat. <laughs> and be like, wow, now I'm contagious with fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a different band. They did We Are Young. They did Oh yeah. No, that's that's period fun. True. It's which period hmm. lowercase F fun. Which is grammatically <laughs> incorrect. I thought it was lowercase F fun period. Isn't the period at the end of okay, it? Okay, maybe the period's at the end of it. Which why is there a fucking period? I agree. It makes no you know, well, I know the other thing. Mm-hmm. Tag has an exclamation point at the end. Oh. Because I looked I it up. Real, multiple, I did not realize that. There's multiple bands named Tag. This one is Tag exclamation point. Mm. Uh, which, why? No, Is it meant to evoke Tag? Like, Tag you're it? Or it's supposed <laughs> to be like, and here is Tag! Uh, <laughs> like, I don't... Okay, there... Rant time. There are only a few uh-huh. times where it's okay to have punctuation uh, besides an apostrophe in your band name. Here are sure. some examples. There's okay. that band that's just three exclamation points. Amazing. Amazing name. Uh, there's Godspeed You! Exclamation point Black Emperor. And that's okay because uh-huh. that's a quote from a Japanese monster movie where it says Godspeed You! Exclamation point Black Emperor. And I'm like, that, that's okay. Uh, commas, commas are okay. Uh, I feel like, I feel like pink gets a pass. No. On this one? No. You, I, uh, I feel like she does. I feel like she does. The only way pink gets a pass is if you take the eye and make it an asterisk. Hmm. There's no way she gets, she deserves the exclamation point. But it's clever because it's flipped upside down. Is Most it? bands are just yeah. I mean, it's more clever than just like sticking it at the end of your band name. I mean, yeah, but you know what's even more clever? Calling yourself Pink. You should just call yourself Pink and stick with it. Yeah. I don't know. Not Pink. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, um. I'm trying to think of other band names. Hold on a quick second, Morgan. The only other one I can think of off the top of my head is Panic at the Disco. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm i okay with the, that one. Yeah, I actually am, too. Okay. Band names with punctuation. Thank you. <laughs> rate your music. Okay, there's Wham, with who has an exclamation point. Yeah. Um, there's this band, which is What the Ellipses? Question mark? Uh, mm. And they released one album called What the Ellipses Question Mark, but no one has any. No. On it. Um, there's one called Bang. B- oh, Die, Die, Die. That one's good. Uh, uh, let's see. Oh, Sun O. That one is perfect. Uh, Sun O is okay because it's Sun O, then it's three parentheses, and that's just too arty to not work. Like that. That's that's okay. Um, there's the go team that that counts uh uh they shoot horses don't they okay question marks are fine question marks yeah are fine yeah um oh i fucking ha- oh 
I hate this one <laughs> from 2003 Belgium. Zinc, but the eye. Oh, yeah. Are these kids, please click on that link. These kids look like they're five. Yeah, this is some real, like, boy, boy band. Ah, oh, I love these boys. <laughs> uh, against me, that counts. Uh, oh, there's one that's just called therapy question mark. That's that. I don't even know what that is, but that sounds pretty good. Uh, and then there's one called you Tarzan me Jane. And I think that's I think that's pretty yeah, good. That's not bad. Oh, OK. Here's the thing I do need you to know about Zinc, though, is that in 2004, they did release a song called Lot Me Free, which translates to Let Me Free. And uh, you you might know this song because it was the theme song for Garfield the movie. What? Like <laughs> like like the live action one? Uh huh. The one I saw in the movie theater. <laughs> yup. Oh no, I don't remember that. I I should have worn my zinc shirt. Apparently. Oh. They man. also did the theme song for Ice Age: The Meltdown. I saw that in theater. <laughs> you know me. All of my childhood memories are created by zinc. Ah, uh, okay. I take that back. Wikipedia is a little bit confusing. It's those two songs are only the theme songs for those movies in the Flemish version. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> so wait, is it? <laughs> they- <laughs> They have a normal theme song for everything but the Flemish version. In the Flemish version, they're like, kids love zinc. God throws zinc in there. Apparently. <laughs> Holy shit. I, I got to rewatch these movies in Flemish. <laughs> Just so I can Such titans of cinema. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why I'm finding this so funny. <laughs> oh, I'm in trouble breathing. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, oh. But yeah, it's at this point that uh, that Mitch gets oh, wait, sorry, to meet sorry. Sam Dietz. Oh, yes. I want to one last one last band punctuation name just because it is a big mm-hmm. one that I hate. And that is Portugal, the man. Yeah, that one's a little silly. I, it makes no sense. Also, if I were to ask you what that means, no one would know. No. Fuck. No, Portugal, I have no man. idea. <laughs> now go back to the Sam Deeds. Sure. Uh, yeah, he's the head of the governor's security and he's very paranoid, um, as we'll find out later. Um, but then we find out that one of the women, Wendy, in the band recognizes Garner because she used to be best friends with Garner's little sister and they flirt a little bit. Uh, and then, uh, we get to see our villains for the episode setting up a remote controlled boat, uh, and they let it loose and fill it with explosives and it blows up and they're like, well, it would need to get farther. And the guy's like, don't worry. We're going to use a different boat. It's the Scarab. They're going to use the Scarab. Yeah. <laughs> it's been so heavily hinted. Yeah. Um, but then we find out there's a huge riptide. 
Uh, so Matt tells everyone swim sideways and then goes in to rescue people. But he first he, he didn't turn on the. Uh, oh yeah, the, the megaphone. megaphone. So Summer has to like turn it on for him. I mean, I guess this. Yeah. What? This whole scene was just weird and pointless. Well, I mean, the point is to get us a chance to watch slow mo hot David Charvet running True. to save people. I'm like, true. Yeah, he's a good looking dude, uh, but it's yeah. really pointless. I, I, here's the part where I admit that I unfortunately watched this episode three times. Uh, Why? Well, I watched it once last week, thinking mm-hmm. we were going to record last week, and then we didn't. Uh, and then I forgot about it. And then I watched it earlier, thinking, oh, I need to have it fresh in my mind. And then I was like, uh, I don't feel like writing notes right now. So then, <laughs> to write notes, I watched it a third time. Oh, God. Uh-huh. I didn't remember anything from each of the times that I watched it. It really does just slide right off the old brain. It's very, it goes very well with my smooth brain. <laughs> That's so on a smooth brain. Yes. Um, did I send you, did you see the video, by the way, I think I sent it to you today, of Luigi Primo uh, was hanging out with this wrestler whose gimmick is that he does pineapples. And they're passing pizza and pineapples to each other, trying to do, like, hot potato. And they're like, one can't go with the other. Did you see this? I did not see this. It's amazing. And it's just them throwing pizza and pineapples to each other. And I'm like, this is dumb. I fucking love this. (laughs) I fucking love this. Yeah. I'm a pineapple on pizza defender. I I don't hate it. I'm fine with it. I think the mistake... Is that everyone pairs it with Canadian bacon, and that's wrong. What you need to do is some fairly spicy pepperoni with pineapple, so that you get a nice like clash of spicy and sweet. Oh yeah, that's fucking good. Yeah, I agree. Though so I'll I'll tell you what's really really bad. The worst mm-hmm. pineapple pizza thing I've I've had is uh, pineapple pizza with onions. Yeah, that does not sound good. No, it I would pretty disgusting. Yeah. It can get worse, though. You could add, like, anchovies as well. <laughs> like, anchovies on pizza are delicious. Yes, but with pineapple? Oh, well, honestly, I kind of feel like it might be good. Mm, I don't know. I want to try this now. Because think about it. They're so just, like, salty and savory that it feels like it would contrast nicely with the pineapple. When I think about them, I just think about them sliding over a pineapple, and I'm like, that sounds disgusting. <laughs> that feels like it's the same texture as a human tongue, and I don't want that. Oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, there you go. Oh, it's, a texture. it's not a taste thing. It's a texture thing. Yeah, that's fair. Just weirding out all of our beef boys with pizza, <laughs> with pizza textures. <laughs> um, but yeah, at this point, we... Uh, we get to see some more Sam Dietz, and he's going over what he wants security to be, and he is very paranoid and says we always get death threats. He uh, he wants a 100-yard security around mm-hmm. the pier, and Mitch says, let's make a deal. I'll give you 50 yards, which I wrote 50 years, which, like, wow, <laughs> don't arrest him. Um, mm-hmm. 50 yards, and I'll also give your men uh, rods and reels. And clearly yes. Sam is like, uh, you fucking with me? 
And then, because Sam, Sam specifically says that he doesn't even want any fish within a yes. hundred yards. Yep. Yep. And Sam has Mitch take a look at the beach and tell him what he sees. And Mitch, and Mitch says, I see a beach full of potential victims. While mm-hmm. Sam says, I see a beach full of potential assassins. And then he's like, you see those cliffs? Attack point. Mm-hmm. You see that house, that roof? Attack point. That car? Attack mm. point. And I'm like, wow, uh, I guess so. But also, this is Baywatch, so no. <laughs> yeah, I think what Sam is doing is giving us the Assassin's Creed. Uh, <laughs> uh. Um, but yeah, then we get to see uh, our main villain talking about how he's going to get payback for Ray. Uh, and we still don't know his name, but his name is Louis Zane, and everyone just calls him Zane, which is a very good villain name. Oh, it is. Everyone I've, um, I've ever met named Zane is a f- very nice person, though. I think the only Zane I can think of is Billy Zane. What about Zane Malik? Uh, that name does sound vaguely familiar to me. Isn't, uh, it was, oh, God. I can't believe I just fucked up not knowing. Can't remember. <laughs> uh... <sighs> Why, why? I don't care uh, about him and Gigi Hadid. He's like a British singer. Yeah, he was in One Direction. Oh, okay. was, yes, I couldn't remember yes. which man it was. He's from One Direction. One mm-hmm. Direction is weird to me because I feel like One Direction is way older. Uh, well, it is. I mean, One Direction started in 2010, but Zayn Malik's only 28. Right? Yeah. So he was 17, and it's weird for me to think of, like, 17-year-olds being famous. So I don't mm-hmm. think of... And I always thought of One Direction as, like, older. So I, I don't I don't know. Um, yeah. But, uh... Wow. Okay, so, like, it's funny seeing a Wikipedia article change kind of live, where it's, like, it says, Married to Gigi Hadid, dash 2021, and I'm like... Okay, and then it's two hours ago. They broke it up, and I'm like, whoa, look at this history happening right now. Oh, shit. Uh, uh, And there's a whole bunch of shit we're not going to get into there. Um, Yeah. Um, We only have one direction on this podcast. That is continuing on with the plot. That's absolutely not true, but okay. (laughs) Yeah, no, not even a little bit. He pulls out his cell phone his Mm -hmm. old amazing cell phone Mm -hmm. uh, and says they're going to specifically go after CJ rather than uh, lifeguard Jim Barnett uh, because why would you go after Jimmy Bean himself (laughs) they're going to go after CJ and then Mm -hmm. from here they use this this time to introduce the band Tag yup so then they play Again, don't stop the beat. And Morgan, but this this time we get the full song done as a music video. And Morgan, I have for you the full song. Oh boy! So Morgan, would you like to sing this real song? Don't stop yes. the beat. People from all around the world, can you hear it? It's a little bit of soul. It's easy. You can make it if you try. Believe me, cause the beat, the beat is mine. Don't stop the beat, the beat, 
The beat is mine. Don't stop the beat. The beat is mine. The beat is mine. The party will be grooving all night long. Nice and easy as we ease into a song. Are you ready to unleash your soul and mind? Just remember the beat. The beat is mine. Don't stop the beat. Give it to me. Give it to me. The beat is mine. The beat is mine. Oh, yeah. Don't stop the beat. The beat is mine. The beat is mine. You can play with the rhythm. You can play with the rhyme. But don't touch the beat because the beat is mine. The beat is mine. The beat is mine. Don't stop the beat. Give it to me. Give it to me. The beat is mine. The beat is mine. Don't stop the beat. Yeah! Don't stop the beat. The beat is mine. The beat is mine. The beat is mine. Don't stop the beat. Yeah! The beat is mine. The beat is mine. Don't stop the beat. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, I actually kind of liked this song. Um, I obviously did not do these lyrics justice because I am not a house band. They do, like, house electronica kind of thing. Yeah. I, I actually kind of liked it. Um, but then the MC is just like, and that was the band tag with the song. Don't stop the beat. Their new album contagion has just come out and you can pick it up in stores everywhere. Yeah. And I was like, oof, which did yeah. not ever help them. Uh, mm-hmm. probably because I fucking hate tag. Uh, but also <laughs> just, okay and yeah no one's no one's going to buy tag albums because they're playing on baywatch right i don't know i guess maybe if this was in a year maybe but if it was someone who wasn't tag maybe (laughs) yeah i don't know but then uh garner garner uh has a scene next where Mm -hmm. he sees windy again Mm -hmm. uh and windy is like Garner, I had a fantasy about you, and I told your sister about it. Did she ever tell you? And Garner's like, mama, mama, me. But actually, he says, no, my sister never talked about it. What is it? And he goes, my fantasy is. And then Mitch cock blocks him because Sam wants him to go over something. And Garner and Mitch just get to be bros. And I love it. I, I, I just I love them just hanging out together. It's it's good shit. Oh, yeah. No, it's very fun. Um, but yeah, after uh, after this, uh, Garner points out uh, Zane and is like, hey, I definitely recognize him. Uh, but then then we get to cut to CJ, who is on the scarab. And she sees someone on a boat having trouble, so she goes to rescue them. But, uh uh-oh, it's two of the goons, and they hijack the scarab. uh, And the guy pulls a gun on her. Um, But then we're back in HQ, and Garner realizes that the guy looks like Raymond Zane, who was sent to the gas chamber, and the governor didn't end up pardoning him. Um, And Mitch and the uh, fucking, what's-his-face, Sam Dietz, uh, are like, you saw a dead man. And Garner's like, no, but I did see his twin, uh, which I thought was a very stupid twist. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, but then... Ah, but, uh, but mm-hmm. you know, and there's something wrong here. All of this seems mm-hmm. wrong. Um, yes. Not just the fact that um, 
uh, to his twin, uh, right? Uh, but it's because Garner says that Raymond. So one, Louis Zane is a frog man, which yes, he was trained in explosives uh, mm-hmm. and was honorably discharged and then uh-huh. arrested uh, three years ago for protesting his brother's execution three years yes. ago, uh, which was his, the governor sent Raymond to the gas chamber. Yes. This seems wrong. Because yes. it is. In fact, yes. between 1937 and 1972, all executions in the state of California were done at San Quentin Prison. And they were all done via gas chamber. But mm. the last one done via gas chamber was in 1967. Because in 1972, the court ruled the executions cruel and unusual, which if you've done as much research as I have about capital punishment, you know that the the, the basic reason why a lot of capital punishment gets ended in this country is the statement cruel and unusual. It's the main, mm-hmm. the main reasoning for why a specific uh, form of capital punishment is ended, which in itself is a discussion of what, how far does that extend. But anyways, uh, in 1992, though, Robert Alton Harris murdered two teenagers and the governor of California sentenced them to death. Um, this was the first execution done in the state since 1967. And so that opened mm. up the possibility for more. But not by gas chamber. Um, because the gas chamber mm. that they had at San, at San Quentin was this kind of rickety old thing. It was still around. It was uh, finally dismantled in, I think, 2018. Wow. But, but it wasn't, like, being used. It's just, It looks like... Um, well, these like flotation tanks. It's just it's oh it's, sure yeah. It's basically it's a small tank that you just sit in, and they inject the gas, and then you die. But mm. that's exceedingly cruel and unusual. So yeah. by Supreme Court terminology, so instead they decide to change this to something just called lethal gas. Um, mm-hmm. And so in nineteen ninety well in nineteen ninety three they open up the possibility to lethal gas. And they said, okay, in the state of California, lethal gas is now the default execution uh, method. Mm -hmm. However, everyone is offered the choice as an alternative to do lethal injection. Now, in America, most states where they have uh, capital punishment, where they have execution, lethal injection is the main form. Um, Mm -hmm. For example, in the state of Washington, where we live, lethal injection is the main form. Though we are one of the two states that also allow hanging. Um, really? Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, though it's not used much. but we <laughs> I would hope not. <laughs> it's, like, it's by choice. You can also, you can have lethal injection or you can be hung. And the way they hang hmm. is you specifically, you know, you, you get in a noose and they open up a door and you drop. Right. Um, Oklahoma offers firing squad. Which is you? Huh. You're behind a bunch of sandbags, and they shoot you through the sandbags uh, mm-hmm. until you die. Uh, Florida has the electric chair, which infamous electric chair, which uh, yeah, they've had to switch out because it was so unreliable. Um, and those are all the ones that are allowed in America um, currently. Uh, but oh. a lot of states in the past few years have. Like, New York even has said, nope, uh, we don't approve the death penalty anymore. But anyways, yeah. uh, so they're given the choice of lethal injection. So the first person to be executed uh, f- 
via lethal gas, though, was in August 1993, a year and three months after this episode was even aired. So it wouldn't oh. have even been approved yet. To note, though, a lethal gas was suspended come 1996. So it only was available for three years as uh, capital punishment. Uh, huh. So by the time, like, say, Schwarzenegger was in office where he... Uh, he had, like, in a two-week span, he had, like, three executions. Um, mm. You know, they weren't doing lethal uh, lethal gas anymore. But they would have been doing lethal gas even close to the time when Raymond Zane would have been murdered, especially not yeah. by the governor of California. Uh, yeah. He even had capitalist punishment. He couldn't have been executed. Huh. So that that part's a little bit weird to me. It's something like they didn't fact-check. Like, I feel like you would know... Hey, nobody's right. executed, or like, man, they don't execute people. If this was written, like, um, maybe if this was written like uh, a year later, I could see hmm. like, oh yeah, like Raymond Zane was executed this year, and he's upset, right? But it's right. just doesn't make sense. In a, no, in a way, it really that's doesn't. Weird to me, not like in like a you know Baywatch doesn't know how science works kind of thing. Like <laughs> nobody, people still in the twenty twenty one don't always know how fucking science works. But like this is like a fact about your state. Like they just don't kill people. Yeah, and it's not like it's that crucial to the plot. Like there's a million other reasons why Zane could want revenge on the governor. He tried to attack him, and then they shot him. Yeah, easy done. Yeah, I mean the whole point here is that Raymond's uh, that Louis uh, Zane wants revenge because he said his brother was innocent. He mm-hmm. could easy, he could easily change the plot to, um, you know, like you wrongly killed my brother, you should have just restrained him. Yeah, easy, done. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, this is a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's not great. Yeah. Um, but speaking of execution, Morgan. Yeah. Tag is playing again. Fucking shoot me. <laughs> yep. Because uh, the governor has finally shown up to the stage where Tag is playing, and Sam goes to try and talk to him to convince the governor not to speak because it's not safe. But And he's like, shut up. I'm like, listening no. to Tag. <laughs> My favorite band in the world. Tag. <laughs> Do you think uh, this band is what inspired that 2019, was it, movie with the fucking Ed Helms and whoever else you're about really the not, lifelong game of tag? You're really not selling me on knowing anything about this. <laughs> is this like... I mean, that, I barely even know anything about like it. It's just like that, uh, you know, the Monty Python... Uh, um, oh, um, oh, there's this old Monty Python... Every Monty Python kid is old. I don't know why I'm saying it's old. Uh, there's one where it's like, it's not tag. It's the, um, what, what's the one where it's like you find, you just go and find someone. Hide and seek? It's yeah. Hide and seek. Do you know the hide and seek, uh, skit from Monty Python? Not off the top of my head. The skit is stupid. So this, the skit starts where someone's like around Ireland looking, uh, and he ends up in like in a tower, uh, and he's like, where where could he be? And he's like going over like beaches and hills, and he finally like looks under a bookcase or like he looks under a table in some like watch guard tower, and he's like, "Found you!" And they go the the game of tag. Um, it, the time time hiding has been seven years, yada yada hours, minutes, seconds. 
time took to found you <laughs> to find you was the same amount of time. It's a tie. We need to do it again. <laughs> it's really dumb, but I love it. God. Uh, but yeah, um, let's see. Uh, after this, we learned that Zane planted a homing beacon on the pier. So now the goons are sending the, uh, the remote-controlled scarab towards it, and they chloroform CJ and tie her to the boat that's heading towards the pier. Um, and then we get a bunch of really tense patrol shots, um, and Mitch sees some wave runners under the pier and calls CJ because she was supposed to make sure there was no one under there. You forgot that there was. Up. You forgot that there was more tag playing. Was there? Yeah, because my note says, more tag, holy fuck, why are you doing this? <laughs> it says, they tell CJ time to go to sleep, sweetheart, then they chloroform her. Chloroform her. More tag, holy fuck, why are you doing this to me? Okay, back to Pam, bound and going to die. This is much better. Yeah. <laughs> um... But yeah, eventually he uh, he radios CJ and she's not picking up because, you know, she's chloroformed. Um, so Mitch grabs a wave runner and heads out to chase the people under the pier away. He just shouts uh, at them. Yeah. It's pretty funny to me. He's like, hey, get away from the bear! Um, yeah, no, it's it's very good. And they somehow understand him perfectly, even though there's three wave runners going and he's far away. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, after that, um, we see Zane arm the detonator on the, and then the remote controlled boat heads to the pier with CJ tied to it and Mitch gets on Barnett's boat. Um, and then the government or the government, the governor, it's always the government, the government (laughs) is speaking. Man, this episode of Baywatch DPRK got really weird. (laughs) um but yeah after that uh the governor starts speaking because the boat's headed for the pier and then mitch jumps onto cj's boat and realizes that everything is fucked um so he very slowly and gently lays her down on the floor of the boat uh and then Tries a bunch of controls, but none of them work because they're all jammed. Mm-hmm. Um, so then he tries to turn the engines by hand. Yeah, I was because ask one wrong move that. on the bomb will blow it up. I was going to ask you about that. I was like, does that make yeah. any sense to you? It, yeah, it w- seemed very weird to me. I was like, what? What? So he goes the way he does this is he goes towards the back, towards where the. Um, not the rudder, but the um, whatever the output. I, 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 I have no idea. Whatever it is. And there's these two like things there and he's reaching his hand there and he's just going to like pull them. And I'm like, so what What do you like? Wouldn't this chop up your hand? Yeah. I don't know. Like if you really were going to touch the engine, I thought the engine was inside. Yeah, I have no idea. Or maybe it's not inside to keep it away from water, but if it's on the outside, then it's just going to get hit with water as the water comes back onto the boat. So yeah, I don't really know much about boats, to be honest. Never been a never been a boatsman. Well, you never you never a, a fan of Hobies. <laughs> uh, no, um, we're not we're not yachtmen. When we tried to <laughs> buy that yacht that one time, and Morgan shot me down. So we're not yeah, yachtmen. it's true. It's true. 
Um, yeah, no, I very much assumed that this plan was not going to work. I mean, yeah. Um, because it seemed stupid. Yeah. Um, well, stupid plans do work in this show. True. Um, but at this point, Zane realizes that he's been spotted by guard. Uh, Garner. So there's a chase and they fight under the pier. This, this makes no sense. Okay, so like Louis, yeah. Louis doesn't know that Garner knows who he is. He just is like sitting there on the beach, minding his own business, and he sees him. And by looking at him and staring at him, it makes you suspicious. So you should just sit mm. there. And then Garner is, and then he starts running and Garner's like, there's a guy running, I should probably chase after him. Which also... Garner just jumps off the pier onto the sand and ow, because everybody yeah. in the show has jumped into the water. There's like one where like Eddie jumps off a tower, but that's not right. as high up as the pier. Like, holy yeah. shit, that would break my legs. It looked so painful. Yeah, I'm sure that was I mean, that got to have been a stunt, man. But, oh, yeah, for sure. I don't know how the stuntman does that either. Like, maybe I it's know. like that there's a, a scaffolding right above where the camera is. And so he just jumps off of that. But, like, I mean, that's probably how you do it. But even then, that's that's a jump. And it's painful. He landed hard. You could hear that and feel. You could feel oh, yeah. the shock recoil in his legs. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, it it looked and he even does like a little roll at the end of it, but then just like springs back up. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's impressive, but it looked painful. Um, But yeah, uh, after this, uh, the Mitch finally gets the boat to turn just as it's about to hit the pier. And it was at this point I was like, wait, but what about the remote control? Can't the other two goons still control the boat? Why aren't they bothering to steer it? What the fuck is going on? Um, They've disappeared forever. Yeah, apparently. Um, But spoilers, they've run off for Mexico. (laughs) Thankfully, Mitch just barely misses the pier. And so Zane hits the detonator. And uh oh, we didn't see Mitch and CJ escape. Could they be dead? No. No, they couldn't. Yeah. Um, Barnett looks cold. <laughs> like, Barnett looks... It's what I love about Jim Barnett. He's the antithesis mm-hmm. of of Numi, where Numi's, like, always smiling and happy. Jim Barnett is, like, the droopy dog of the lifeguards. He looks <laughs> so sad and cold. Because he sees yep. Mitch alive and unexcitedly says, was a little worried there, old buddy. Yeah. And Mitch goes, had it all the way, partner! Come on, babe! <laughs> Which is weird. He says, come yes. on, babe, to uh, yeah. CJ. I was like, okay, that's weird. I, yeah. I'm, I'm sh- it's just playful, I'm sure, but it's still weird. No, it, it struck me as very weird in the moment, too. Um, but yeah, then we get a scene of CJ and Mitch talking about what happened back in the headquarters. Uh, and Wendy comes by and finds Garner and wipes his face. Uh, and then she's like, remember how I said I had a fantasy? Garner's like, yes, mm-hmm, sure do. Sure. Um, I haven't stopped somewhere. thinking about it. Shouldn't we go somewhere else? I mean, yeah. And she's like, no, I think right here is fine. Uh, and yeah, so then they make out a little bit. And she's like, aha. And he's like, didn't you want to fulfill your fantasy? And she's like, I was nine. This was my fantasy. And Garner's like, but... But sometimes fantasies evolve as people get older. And I really hated Garner in this moment 
Like, well, honestly, fucking chill, my dude. But at the same time, my comment was like, boy, howdy, they sure do sometimes, though. Uh, sure, sure. Not in, like, but it's it's a little weird to be pressuring the woman who is clearly many years younger than you and who just made out with you to like, are you sure that's enough? Like, that just felt I weird. Don't know. I didn't know if I read it. I, I read it as, yeah, it's weird because she's a lot younger than him. But I didn't read it as, like, pressuring her. I read it as, like, him to be like, you don't want to? <laughs> um, like that. Which, okay. I mean, I could see it both ways. But truly, yeah. the reason she can't fuck is not because mm-hmm. she says she doesn't want to. It's True. because she's got to catch a plane to Australia. Now, yeah. if this seems wrong, it is. Because... <laughs> And no, I don't have a long research thing here. It's just that there's oh. no way Tag is fucking touring Australia. No. <laughs> God, no. Tag is Tag is touring your, your nearest gas station bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she has to go down under, so Garner can't go down under. Wow. Um, wow, I actually like that one. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, yeah, I'm that's... sorry. What I meant to say was, you... <laughs> Dirty person, how dare you? <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's pretty much the end of the episode. Oh, uh, well, actually, mm-hmm. Mitch has an amazing laugh. Oh, yes, I did enjoy that. Mitch says, well, aside from looks, talent, intelligence, she really didn't have that much to offer. And Garner says, you really know how to put things in perspective, don't you? And Mitch says, that's where I get the big bucks. And then I corpsed a little, as did Mm -hmm. Garner. And I'm like, it's such a good line. That's where I get the big bucks. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. But uh, But yeah, that's uh, that's the episode. All right, then. So on a scale of one to ten, where one is discovering love is dead and ten is discovering that you have a gold prospecting 49er uncle who left you a gold boot in his will. Morgan, how would you rate this episode? Yeah, um... I mean, honestly, there wasn't a lot that was particularly offensive to me. Like, there were some scenes that felt very filler and were kind of boring. But I don't know. I did not hate Tag nearly as much as you did. Um, The worst band. (laughs) um, So, yeah, I think uh, I think I'm going to give this one like I'm going to give this one a six, I think. Uh, And I'm going to call a six the experience of... Um, the experience of having a a fantasy about a fantasy, and it still ends up being pretty good, but not that great, all things considered, or at least didn't live up to what you were hoping for. Uh, but yeah, how about you? So, uh, my answer is going to be a tangent. It's a long of course. tangent, of course. Uh, <laughs> but the the short version is. I'm giving this a four. I thought it was like close to average, but I, again, I watched this three times and I basically forgot every single time what happened. Fair. So it wasn't memorable to me. So that's why I lowered it just because something tells me that I just, it was a little bit less than average, but it wasn't offensive. As you said, it wasn't, Horrible. It was just just average TV, right? Just average TV. Uh, and a four. Well, 
Morgan. Four. Before I tell you what a four is, let me tell you the backstory. This week, what I've been spending a lot of time doing is that uh, my favorite YouTube reviewer, Action Button Reviews, released a their new video, which uh, their last video they released was January 1st. So it's been it's been 10 months. Yeah. Uh, and this video is the review of Cyberpunk 2077. And mm. it is a nine hour review. Uh, wow. But there's a twist. It's a choose your own adventure review. What? So you watch part one and then he has six separate stories and you choose two and then watch the ending. Huh. Uh, so the six. What? Yeah, it's very. So he's meant it to be like a more cyberpunk RPG in that the idea is like, I have different things for you here and you have to pick your own path to the ending. Sure. Um, and it's, it's like, because this guy is insanely talented, insanely good. Like everything about every part, no matter what you pick is just like the greatest thing you've ever heard. Uh, but the six parts, uh, I'll, I'll read you the title of each part and I'll tell you what each part is about. So you have citizen Keanu, Let's talk about the graphics. Let's talk about what I like. Let's talk about what I don't like. The uh, the honey bucket blast waste equation, and then the season of trash. So okay. Citizen Keanu is talking about talking about Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. So talking about like the Keanu moments, uh, talking about all the like reviews and all the negativity, and then like, mm-hmm. the issues with like the transphobia. From yeah. I was in the marketing and the seizure issues um, and all all these things like that goes into there. Now, mind you, every single part of this is like an hour or so. So there's more to it than just that, uh, because lots of tangents. Part two is talk about the graphics is about the graphics, but it's also talking about like how graphics have changed and like mm-hmm. his own issues with like buying a new PC being a PC gamer, going through the process to play this, and then it being buggy, and then what those buggy bugs are like, and then the people... He also talks about how, like, he reviewed Final Fantasy VII Remake at one point, and someone sent him a death threat because he didn't talk about a door texture. At, what the fuck? And he's like, yeah, this one person sent me a DM being like, you should die, because this door, you didn't talk about it. Are you gonna talk about it? Uh... And he said, I don't know, maybe they'll patch it out. And then he sent him a matter, another message like six months later going, still waiting for that door. <laughs> Which he's what like, the fuck. So I, he talked about like the idea of like the requirements of owning materials to then be able to review something so that he doesn't get death threats. So it talks about like, again, the requirements of a fan base of what their expectation is is for graphics and not being able to meet it and Mm. then i haven't watched let's talk about what i liked and what i don't like yet point part five is him his goal was to talk about i'm gonna review every single uh open world rpg and cyberpunk game ever uh and then holy shit compare them and he said i got as far as playing every single cyberpunk an open world RPG ever. And then I sat down to review it and I wrote an hour and a half and I was like, this sucks. This is boring. <laughs> so here's 28 minutes instead of me saying why this is boring. 
and then season of trash is him talking about the every video in this season which is this was the sixth episode of the season how they're all linked which is the idea of authenticity and through that mm-hmm. he then talks about like all these things that we value and like the authenticity so he talks about um have you ever heard of buzz rickson no. So Buzz Rickson is this Japanese. So it's it's the offshoot of a Japanese brand. And Buzz okay. Rickson, all Buzz Rickson does is they make historically accurate, like, uh, army jackets and, like, army paraphernalia that are okay. used for casual wear. Uh, okay, so, sure. So here's an example. I'm setting one to you right now. Is this um, Buzz Rickson B-15 flying jacket for USAAF? Um, and they, they give you the history here of, sure. of the jacket, and they're all worth insane amounts of money. And to do this, they use actual sewing techniques that they would have done back then. So, for instance, on those jackets, oh, wow. uh, because they didn't know much about nylon. So nylon had just been invented by the DuPont. And mm. so they didn't know that if you kept on sewing the nylon, it would bunch up the, the needle. And so that's mm. why those those jackets have bunchy, bunched up shoulder uh, not shoulders um elbows, and it gets oh. really like like it's not a uh consistent seam. It's because it gotcha. bunched up. So what they did was they're like, well, we want to be as accurate as possible. So we have the bunched up stuff there. So we're using nylon and not like protecting the needles while doing it. Mm. Um, and so it's really interesting stuff. So he talks about. The idea of one going for authenticity of like using how how cy- cyberpunk is like in itself like what is authentic cyberpunk? Some people will say it's like Blade Runner. Some people will say, well, Blade Runner doesn't have you know this or that, and also it has a cop and fuck the cops, which they can. Yeah. Um, uh, but he's like, okay, well, cyberpunk can be a lot of things, but what is authentic? Well, is it like what William Gibson said cyberpunk is? Is it what Neil Stevenson said it is. Neil, I mean, William Gibson goes to the same store where, uh, store where I buy Buzz Rickson jackets. They made a, <laughs> a William Gibson Buzz Rickson jacket for Neuromancer huh. based off of, because in Neuromancer, no, not Neuromancer, another book, there's a character who says, I reject all modernities, so I only wear old, like, bomber jackets from, like, mm. actual air, like, palace used to that used to wear. So then Buzz Rickson made it and he's like, it's an authentic jacket based off of an inauthentic idea and premise. So when you're buying it, are you wearing an authentic flyers jacket? Like, mm-hmm. and you're spending all this money. Like what is authenticity? Right. At right. that point. And it's really, really interesting. And it's also incredibly self-deprecating. Like this is from a man who admits that he has no self-confidence anymore. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, I highly recommend all of this. And his main point is that he loves, not that he loves, he thought Cyberpunk 2077 was good for a game with a lot of problems. But mm-hmm. a four is uh, the Citizen Keanu segment where just the idea of uh, he he said he mentions a lot of people um, when they reviewed Keanu Reeves, like his acting. They're like, it's very wooden. And he's like, have you not watched Keanu Reeves? Like, <laughs> there's a point where everybody hated Keanu Reeves and then everyone grew up and matured. And we're like, wow, Keanu Reeves is a hero. And like, 
it's Keanu Reeves. Like, you just know what you to expect. And he's playing something true to himself in every role, except for the one role where he was in, like, Bram Stoker's Dracula, and he has a British accent. And he goes, would you like some more tea, master? Or something like that. (laughs) Um, But, like, talking about the idea of, like, just being able to, on the internet, make a critical assumption of something gives people power to then assume that their opinion is right, which, wow, we have a podcast about being critical about Baywatch. Um, But just the idea that uh, any voice holds that much weight once, like, they get three people to repeat the same thing over and over uh, Mm. just means that people won't actually try things out because they've heard someone else talk about it surely they must be act they must be, must be right and that is true except for uh when it comes to our podcast which is always right about how each <laughs> baywatch episode is so you don't even need to watch the baywatch episodes just listen to our podcast it's so much better actually our it podcast, really is our podcast is way better <laughs> than watching a bunch of baywatch episodes yes uh i had a few people tell me michael i don't know how you and morgan do this every week and I say, well, there's a few things. One, the show isn't actually as bad as everyone thinks it is. Like, if you've watched other television, you realize this is just in the middle compared to a lot of shitty television, which I have seen. Um, there is way worse out there. Like, I watched The Bachelor. Come on. Um, but also, like, I, I get to talk with one of my best friends every week about yeah. Whatever. And so that's that's how I do it. But it's mostly point one. Mostly <laughs> point one. So yeah, that's a four. That is All right. a four. Now, what is uh what is our next episode? I don't know. Yeah. Uh I, I just like I I don't know. That's it. <laughs> Show's done. Bye everybody. Um What is the next episode? It is called A Matter of Life and Death, which is what this show normally is. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh Let's see. So, the Baywatch wiki description is Mitch's parents come to visit. Ooh. Al, Mitch's father wants him to take over his architectural firm. Summer, oh, boy. And then Summer must tell her mom about her horrible nightmares. Wow. Uh, mm-hmm. The IMDb description is Mitch's parents arrive in town for a visit where his father informs Mitch that he's dying. And he just hmm. <laughs> wants him to return to the family business in Phoenix. To run his architectural company. While in training for a high school diving competition, Summer struggles to overcome a sudden fear of being in the water after a night after a nighttime body rescue, which apparently triggers repressed memories of nearly drowning as a child, and only her mother Jackie has a clue to her memories. That sounds fucked. And not yeah. like the good fucked. Like the no. bad fucked. Like this sounds extremely, extremely bad. Uh, but hey, I don't know. Oh, I uh, also forgot to mention the reason I didn't read any uh, reviews for this episode was because all the reviews sucked. All right. They just weren't funny. <laughs> weren't funny. Yeah. Uh, unlike our podcast. Mm. Some people uh, might say it's the yeah. same, but those people <laughs> are wrong. They are a four. That's true. I agree with that. <laughs> um, and I also agree with thanking you all so much 
for listening to this episode of Baywatch Rookie School. If you want to find us on Twitter, our show handle is at Rookie School Pod. I am at Morgan P. Thrap. Sorry, I, I just opened up uh, a Zinc song. <laughs> Holy oh. shit. Uh, I'm going to listen to some Zinc later. Okay, here here's here's one for everybody. This is Forgif by Zinc. Mm. It's rocks. It, it sucks. Ooh. Their vocals yeah. are horrible. That is not what I expected from a boy band. No, they're pop punk. Yeah. Uh, oh. But, uh, yeah, their vocals suck. They're horrible. Yeah. Uh, but, hey, maybe we'll become the the biggest fans of Baywatch and Zinc. Could be. But not It's Pat. the most ambitious crossover event of all time. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, I am at Snotsnet, S-N-O-T-S-N-A. <laughs> uh, we'll see you next week. And just remember... Hips, lips, and fingertips. Hips, lips, and sink. <laughs> I'm going to take your sink tablets. <laughs> That's right, beef boys. Go buy zinc tablets. <laughs> this has been a PSA from Baywatch Rookie School. Only buy... The more you know... Only buy zinc albums on tablet form. <laughs>